Screw it, screw it, we're just going to talk about Spider-Man. Hello, welcome to Screw It, we're just going to talk about Spider-Man. This is the podcast where we do just that, we talk about Spider-Man, specifically the original run of comic book issues done by the original creative team of Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. We're doing an episode for every issue. Uh, I'm one of your two co-hosts. My name is Will Hines. I'm the other of those two co-hosts. My name is Kevin Hines. I'm Will's brother. And uh, we're both uh, UCB comedians on opposite sides of the country. You're getting an East Coast perspective and a West Coast perspective. Um, and But unlike 90s hip-hop, there is no duel between me and Kevin yeah. that I'm aware of. And that perspective is largely the same if you largely are on same. this podcast. Yeah. Minimal minimal hot takes uh, between us. Um, we're doing issue number 24 this episode, yeah. Spider-Man Goes Mad, and we have some uh, special guests. Yeah, very special guests. Uh, we have uh, Joe Quinones and Jordan Gibson. They are the creative team from a, a recent arc of Spectacular Spider-Man. Joe penciled it. Jordan colored it. Hey, welcome to the po- uh, podcast, Joe and Jordan. Thanks for having yeah, us. So let's get the uh, voices straight. Which one is uh, Joe Quinones? This is Joe. Hello. Hello. Welcome. And uh, Jordan, let's hear you again. And this is me. Hi. All right. They're both artists and have done a ton of books, uh, uh, which I guess they can tell us a few of. Uh, I remember seeing Joe back in Wednesday Comics. That was, I think, the first place I saw Joe's work. Ooh, nice. Good uh, reference. And that was, a. I think he did Green Lantern with uh, Kurt Bus- Busick. Uh, yes, uh, Busick, I think. Yeah, uh, that's where I think I first saw Joe's work. Uh, uh, Jordan, uh, I saw, I think the first thing I saw of his that I was aware of was uh, Where is Jake Ellis? And yep. and, and I got that title correct this time. <laughs> Earlier, I think I called him like George Ellis or something, which is a really great series if you haven't read that. Look that out. And the previous uh, Jake Ellis series is good as well. Yeah, and uh, currently I'm on uh, covers for Power Rangers, so that's also pretty fun. Oh, awesome. So guys, we're doing uh, issue 24, Spider-Man Goes Mad. Uh, t- tell me, uh, what is your what, what are your feelings about the Steve Ditko, Stan Lee run of Spider-Man in general? Uh, I guess I'm, I'm asking that because I feel like a lot of modern fans who love Spider-Man maybe haven't gone back to read the originals. Uh, wh- when did you guys read it? Ha- have you read them all? Do you have any thoughts of it? Uh, I'd be curious to know what you think. I, I actually have only read it sparingly. This might be the first uh, Stan Lee issue I just I read from end to end. I guess I have like a bunch of uh, the um, Masterpiece, what are they called? Um, yeah, the Masterworks. Masterworks. Yeah. Uh, Masterworks collections. Um, and I've kind of flipped through those and read them here and there. But um, uh, yeah, this is for the first traditional uh, Stanley uh, Dick I wish I read. read uh, Ooh, I'm, and I'm very curious to know what you think you should go through. That's very interesting. And Jordan, how about you? I uh, got into Spider-Man with the 90s cartoon show. Sure. And at the time, they were selling these reprints called Spider-Man Classics. And uh, I would just get... I, they were so much weirder than any other Spider-Man comic that you could get. And I was so yeah. much more fascinated by that. Yeah. Um, so I would always pick those up whenever I could find them. And that probably sort of matched that. That That's the Fox Spider-Man cartoon. Yep. That was yep. just like so much happened in that cartoon. It, was, it felt like every episode was like 30 plot lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that I liked Spider-Man and was a fan of him. And then I met Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> and learned what it that happens in comic books. Like you'll have real enthusiasm for something and then you'll meet someone else and be like, oh, no, no, you're crazy about this person. <laughs> yeah, it got to the point uh, when we were working on our issues where I, was, I would just ask him, it's like, what should I do here? Like, <laughs> what's a cool reference to make? And, and yeah, I, I would like, this, have this, like this. three. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's let's talk a little bit about that because you guys worked with uh, Chip Zdarsky in a recent arc for Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, an arc called Amazing Fantasy, where the modern day Spider-Man goes back in time and interacts with the teenage Spider-Man from these very issues that we go over on this podcast. Yeah, in and, particular, yeah, and, in particular, of, this story, know. right? He involves in this story a little bit. He yeah, knocks out Mysterio. Yeah. yeah. What, what what was that like having to draw that? And uh, what was that like having to get that together artistically? Um, so again, there was like this disparity where, you know, I'm reading Chip's script and it's referencing these classic stories. And I, you know, I'm as a professional artist, I'm like looking up reference and, and yeah. trying to, um, you know, get a sense of the classic stories he's, he's calling back to. Um, but I'm not like 
fully digesting them as a reader. I'm just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. looking for the highlights. It's like, oh, there's that scene. Okay, there's that scene. Make a little mental note, like, you know, uh, kind of just use it as a visual reference. Um, but it was interesting to, yeah, because I think it's an issue 302 um, mm-hmm. that references this uh, uh, classic uh, uh, issue 24. Um, so yeah, so it was interesting kind of seeing, uh, Chip's reference of that sort of like a back to the future part two, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the same scene from another vantage point, right. Reading the original, uh, telling of it. A very good time travel reference. Uh, <laughs> back, back to the future <laughs> two is the classic modern person rewatching something we already know and you didn't know somebody else was watching it. That's a good example. <laughs> we talked about it with Chip a little bit, but I think he did a great job, uh, Joe, of distinguishing the modern Spider-Man from the teenage Spider-Man. Like they both looked like they were the same person, but you could easily see they were different ages and they sort of had a different personality in their in their body language and stuff like that. That was like really cool. Oh, thanks. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, actually, I, I based uh, adult Peter off a friend of mine. Um, oh. I often like to do that when I'm designing characters just so they don't all look like the same person. Okay. Uh, and like just the way um, faces are arranged on real people are not necessarily how you would arrive at them if you're just designing them out of your head. Um, you know, there's you know a lot of perfect symmetry. I think if I were just drawing, you know, from the hip as opposed to thinking about like what people are like, maybe their nose is a little big or yeah, thicker or thinner eyebrows, whatever, pronounced forehead, whatever. How about um, teenage Spider-Man? Yeah. So basing off that, then I just kind of like kind of wanted to make a an earlier version where he hasn't grown into his endpoint yet. So, you know, his nose is a little bigger, like too big for his face. Like his features are a little too big for his face. Oh yeah. Yeah, His face is like gaunter a little bit. He's uh, uh, gaunter is probably an extreme word for what he looked like, but just a thinner. No, he looks jaundiced. He looks sick. (laughs) I got real worried about him. (laughs) (laughs) Enough with the yellow. Yeah. Um, I got some of it through. So, and then Jordan, as a, since we've established you as an unhinged, uh, crazy <laughs> Spider-Man fan, because there was a lot of visual references throughout the comics to both like iconic Ditko scenes and iconic John Romita scenes. Uh, was some of that in the script, or was some of that you guys being like, "Oh, we could make this look like the classic Green Goblin cover here," you know, or like uh, I guess I'm thinking of that time when Goblin is dragging trailer, dragging yeah Peter behind him with his web and his mask is off. Um, yeah, there was a give and take between the two of us. Um, definitely there was stuff that I read in the script where it just lined up in my head where, uh, you know, Chip is talking about a bridge scene and and Goblin, you know, picks up Peter towing him by the cable. And I just instantly was like, well, I have to make that an homage to that cover. Um, yeah. I forget the issue number now, but um, do you know it offhand? I, to 39. 39. <laughs> nice, Jordan. Nice. <laughs> at a comics uh, comic con, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I if it if it clicked to me right away, I would try and work it in wherever it made sense. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, a couple times Jordan would suggest. So yeah, um, I definitely a lot. There was a lot of stuff with color, like for this. I think it's in the first issue, but there's a scene where they're fighting. They're recreating the scene where Green Goblin and his goons are like fighting Spider Man. And I went back and tried to find, like, you base the colors of the room off of the colors from the comic. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. If you look, a lot of people are dressed the same and colored the same. Because I think Joe was looking too, and like some of the guys he drew from it. And I was like, oh, I want to give them the exact same colors. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I love it's, it. I also don't know. Do you know the issue? Uh, Maybe just, we just read it. Was twenty three, right? Yeah. Oh, twenty three yeah. is Goblin and the Gangsters, and so yeah, there's like a different vantage point in I don't know whether it's three hundred one or three hundred two, but in, in the arc that you guys did, three hundred one. Yeah, three hundred one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I I tried to like it actually wasn't even consistent in the original comic, <laughs> sure. but it was like <laughs> but I just picked the best one. And yeah, Stan Lee sometimes so. had trouble being consistent with names, let alone colors of jackets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think you only get a glimpse of them in your stories, but like Lucky Lobo, especially after having just reread these Ditko issues, stood out to me seeing him tied up in the background. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Because Ditko's gangsters, they look you know did like you were saying when you looked at these Ditko reprints, Jordan, how they were a little weirder than like a lot of other. I, I think that's what you said. I mean, I would agree with it. Ditko's visual style is very specific and stylized and pronounced. We love it, but it it means that his gangsters are drawn sort of almost like monstrous and kind of like old Dick Tracy style. Definitely, that's exactly. What Definitely, I was Dick Tracy. Yeah, and um. 
uh, that's really fun and I love it. But then even when they're like in the background as a sort of Easter egg reference, they stand out. It's like, oh, there's a Ditko gangster back there. I'm, I'm glancing at your issue right now. And it's very fun because you sort of modernized a lot of the characters looks, but the gangsters still look like 1940s, <laughs> like uh, Ditko <laughs> villains wandering around. And I guess what is the 90s? <laughs> right, right. I think it's like I, it's like the early aughts, I yeah. think, oh, is what man. we decided. And these guys are way like, out of touch, I, these gangsters. <laughs> Yeah. They're like a, they're like a cool hipster retro gang, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's like their thing. When yeah, when Chip and I were first talking about it and he sent the script over, he's like, look, it's kind of the early 2000s, it's kind of the 50s and just whatever you want to yeah. make that. <laughs> so like, yeah, so JJ has a computer in his in Yes, his, I noticed uh, that. Off. The password joke, I really loved. Uh, oh, I password joke. There, oh, sorry. He, he has a computer and it's like modern JJ is like, is your password still my son is an astronaut? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, but what I noticed is like, oh, old timey JJ, you know, has a computer, um, even though, you know, we're reading these issues that were originally done in the 60s. And of course, there's nothing like that here. Yeah. Marvel it's time fun. has pulled it forward. Some angry uh, diehard Spider-Man fans getting really mad that we did stuff like that. <laughs> I think no way. There are no any way. Don't they know there's no computers in the 50s? I think they got to just <laughs> accept it at some point. And the Simpsons also does that cheat all the time. They flash back and every time they flash back. The years slide forward on The Simpsons, so I think now modern audiences are comfortable with sliding yeah. time scales. Yeah, you just you just go with it. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of like. Uh, I've never really seen anyone else do that when we go back, because usually when we go back in time, people make it exactly the sixties. Yeah. Uh, regardless, like Peter's always has like super slick back hair and everything. Yeah. Suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's wearing a full suit. Um, so yeah, I kind of like the idea of actually making it look like a kid would look in 2004 or three or whatever. Yeah, I kept trying to keep that in mind and have that inform the design. So like in issue 302, um, yeah, Flash and Liz Allen show up. Right. And I was like trying to inform their palettes based on how they appeared in the Ditko era. Yeah. But in very early 2000s fashion. Yes, the fashion looked much more modern in, in a way that would make sense for, for the current time travel time. It's also, if you're trying to please the people who've been reading the comic since 1965, they're going to lose. They're in already. I think if they're still reading <laughs> yeah. at this point, they're reading it from 1965 <laughs> until now, you can't shake them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, I thought Jordan did a really fun thing in that issue. That's issue 302 where um, you have young and old Peter in their street clothes uh, and Jordan had the idea to work in their animated series counterparts. So from like the nineties, uh, animated Spider-Man show. And then the, what's the other one? Uh, the spectacular Which is Kevin's favorite yeah. cartoon, right? Yeah. Kevin, I recognize is that, that he's dressed like the spectacular, uh, the young Peter is dressed like spectacular yeah. Spider-Man. Uh, short sleeves over long sleeves, which I, I dig. Right. Then, yeah, 90s Spider-Man dressed like yeah. a dad. <laughs> dressed like a dad on Saturday. <laughs> um, yeah. He's got like high jeans and a polo yeah. shirt. They're both yeah. still a little out of touch fashion-wise, and that's right for the characters. <laughs> it's also great just seeing the two uh, uh, versions of Spider-Man's costume. Um, I'm, I'm flipping through it as we talk, and there's a great pan- uh, uh, You guys don't need to open this up, but for listeners, if you're on page 18 of or i think it's 18 around there of issue 301 you see them both swinging away young peter's costume is darker the the insignia on the back is different he's got the armpit webs uh it's it's really cool just to see the differences sort of laid out in front of you because i forget about them when i'm just looking at uh just him alone it's just like oh it's the same costume it never changes Uh, i love it because the story doesn't rely on you knowing that you don't have to know that it's it's totally accessible but it's there if you're a super fan and you kind of want to enjoy that, I, I think it's kind of done to the perfect amount. Thanks. Yeah. Even if you're not conscious of it, I just wanted it to be subtly evident that they are the same person. At different times in their lives. There's just at some point, yeah. Spider-Man was re-sewing his costume and he like turned the spider upside down on the front or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like, wow. It is so hard to cut out this head. I'm just going to stop doing it. <laughs> Peter just like made that choice, I guess. Um, let's get into this issue, Will. Yeah, let's do it. So this is issue 24. This is Spider-Man Goes Mad. Uh, Mysterio is the villain of this issue. Yeah, it came uh, out May 1965. For those of you time travelers who want to know where you're at. <laughs> and what, do you guys have any, uh, Jordan and Joe, what do you think of this issue overall? Yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of things that I internalized about Steve Ditko and Stanley's run on, like just like the tenor of like the voice of the narration. And, and yeah. it's kind of like kind of goofy and... 
um, just sort of the, the cadence of the way it's written is like just like of course, a yeah, it's that Stan Lee style. Every panel, yeah. you have to sell it one hundred percent to the readers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, just to really double check and then and then like go back on it in the next panel. It's like just so you know, <laughs> this is what happened. <laughs> uh, and yeah, all, all the, the the gestures for Spider Man are so great. They're like just so awkward <laughs> and weird. Um, and like they, they just go leaps and bound, bounds to uh, establish yeah. who he is. Oh yeah, they're they're not they're spoon feeding you every 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 step of the way. Um, Jordan, what did you think of this issue overall? Uh, I loved it. I mean, this is one of the ones that I had always heard about too. I feel like Stan Lee was really proud of this one in particular. Like the idea of Spider Man uh, going to a psychiatrist. I I feel like I've heard him talk about that like five times. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, like in an interview, that's one of the ones. I feel like he always busts out. But yeah, no, it's it, because it was, it's great. It was probably very zeitgeisty, like at the time, you know, like a yeah. therapist and analyst, you know, mid sixties. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause he would always like, I think he would say that he, he would just, he was just trying to sell Peter to, you know, kids, but he would be like, he's kind of like Woody Allen and James Dean together is, a, is what he would say. <laughs> I, yeah, I've heard him say that. Yes. Yeah. And that definitely, I, that definitely comes through. You can at least see what he's, what yeah, he's definitely getting the at coolest of James Dean, but then the neurotic inner workings of a Woody Allen, they're all there. Yeah. yeah. Pre, yeah, pre yeah. problematic also, Woody Allen, cool sixties yeah, Woody yeah. Allen, not modern, <laughs> right. yeah. not modern uh, alienated maligned Woody Allen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I really like how a couple of times in this issue, it like really slows down and yes. very methodically deliberately sets up this trope of Spider-Man that we just all take for granted. But like, you know, Spider-Man's like, well, I better go take some pictures to yes. make some money for Aunt May because she is poor. Right, right. Okay, take out, I, there must be a robbery. Oh, there, there it is. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to stop it. I'm going to let it happen and set up my camera <laughs> yeah. and wait for them to be done so I can get this all on film. Uh, and that's happening. It's like, it takes like a, an entire issue. Yeah, yeah. It's just in now they, figuring that there's out. a lot of over-explaining. Um, it's funny though, as a kid... I never noticed it. As an adult, when I reread these issues, it stands out a lot to me. But when I was a kid, I I think it's one of those things that, uh, whether it was on purpose or not, that's it made the Marvel issues kind of warm and friendly if you compare yeah. them to their contemporaries at other companies. It was like chatty and conversational. It's like a Marvel comic issue is your friend. Totally. Sure. It, it felt very earnest and like how a teenage boy might think. He's like really talking himself through all of it. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I really loved uh, later on, I'm not sure what page it is, but uh, when JJ just de- decides to be all fake news and is like, yeah, try yeah. to organize. He gets that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone's saying negative things about <clears throat> Spider-Man. All right. So let's go through to page by page here. What do we think of this cover? Kevin, I do you love like this cover? cover? I think this is one of the best covers uh, in a while. It's uh, yeah, very it's cinematic, good. very interesting, very eye-catching. I love that shading on Spider-Man. It, it, this is this one particular uh, is one of the ones that always stood out to me from the Ditko era when I was growing up. Um, yeah, yeah. Just that pose on Spider-Man is so great, and having him like in this crazy room. A, a, yeah, a lot That's of the awesome. Ditko covers are very perfunctory or sort of like kind of simple. This one is extremely cool. I, I think it's a very strong yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all question marks. It's like the doors open and there's a brick wall. Yeah. And- <laughs> Sandman and the Vulture are the wrong scale for Spider-Man. Yeah. And then this guy facing away from you. Yeah, it's like it's like being yeah. in a dream. This is one of those rare instances where I think the cover is far superior to the splash page. Yeah. Usually the splash page is something Kevin and I have enjoyed more than the cover. This is a fine splash page, of course, if we turn to that. But um, yeah, the, the cover is a better cover for once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Yes. I, congratulations. You have the approval of me, a nobody. Yeah. 40 <laughs> years later, I'm, uh, or 50, yeah. 60 years later. Wow. Uh, you're ready to say this yeah. issue. Okay. Yeah. I think this character is going to be a mild success. Um, uh, Spider-Man goes mad. We have some, uh, the credits jokes, Kevin, are pretty muted. Stan is not as jokey as usual in his credits jokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Still sort of mighty teasing the letterer, but beyond that, not much going on there. A lot of times his credits will be like 25% of the splash page. (laughs) But but yeah, we've set it up here. Here's the, you know, the splash page. We've got the therapist. We have Spidey in the throes of a great trauma. Um, So... 
And, and you guys don't have to worry about, uh, Joe and Jordan, you don't have to worry about splash pages being like a teaser anymore, right? Splash pages is just panel is part of the story. Yeah. They never really do that anymore, but I, sometimes I kind of wish I kind of like that. I kind of wish someone would go back to that, you know, cause I, I don't think I've seen that in a Marvel comic in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a different way of thinking in general. Like, yeah, you generally have a splash page, like in the middle of the book or toward the end as a teaser for the next issue. Right. Uh, yeah. You just, you just jump right into I don't know the, how readers would take it, especially with like 20 page issues. They might, uh, that's true. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, what is this? I love them. This 22, I think They're, this is. Yeah. But there's also just, oh, okay. they were also, I don't know, people complain about length and costs. So it's saying, Hey, we're just going to take a page to reiterate the cover. I don't know how that goes over with modern <laughs> audiences. <laughs> All right, Kevin, where do we, we begin with Peter Parker at home? And as usual, he's feeling money pressures. Yeah. Uh, and we get three panels to lay that yeah, out. They bought a new hat, though, so they can't be doing too, too bad. Well, she's feeling saucy for some reason. Like, Aunt May <laughs> is going nuts and bought a new hat, but that's put pressure on the finance. I think the very first Spider-Man comic I bought with my own money was a Marvel team-up. The second to last issue of Marvel team-up where Spider-Man had bought his Aunt May a hat for Mother's Day or something. <laughs> So I associate hats with Aunt May to a great degree for something that because of that. <laughs> She's a Does class- she wear a hat in this issue at all? No. I feel like I've seen her wear hats I'm in the Ditko issues before, though. Uh, Aunt May will have a hat on if she's out with the gals. Uh, yeah. uh, but that's 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 pretty I mean, rare. You mostly see her at home or sick in bed in these issues. So when is someone going to do the untold tales of Aunt May? And she's <laughs> she's out in the town in Forest Hills and uh, and socializing. Hats aplenty. <laughs> That sounds great. Yeah. We were just saying that uh, some of that is in Howard the Duck because uh, oh. Aunt May is sort of a staple in uh, Oh, Chip that's right. Mario. She works Ooh. for Howard for a little while. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. does? Yes. <laughs> uh, now you got me hooked on Howard the Duck. If there's Aunt May, <laughs> I'm checking it yeah, out. Yeah, it's a really fun run, The the uh, your guys' Howard the Duck. It was, uh, yeah, I genuinely, uh, I read it all, loved it. Um, it was good. I forgot Aunt May was in it uh, later on. <laughs> a lot of things were in it. That was, uh, yeah, the, that was one of my first big guffaws uh, reading one of Chip's scripts because I had just come on to work with him on Howard. We've established Peter is still poor. <coughs> so he does what he always does. He changes into Spider-Man, going to look, take some photos that he can sell to J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, and this is the part I think Joe was talking about where we spend a few panels setting up the camera, waiting for the crooks to come out. Stan Lee assumes that you, the reader, have a memory of one page maximum, so he will re-explain everything you need to know as you need to know it, so that we know that he sells pictures to the Daily Bugle, he's setting up his camera, he's looking for some hoodlums. We also get some nice Ditko swinging around art here, which is pretty cool. I love the note from Stan, uh, panel four on that page. You know, Peter lives in Queens. Yeah. It's like the next panel, exactly five minutes later. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> he's in yeah. Manhattan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he must. He had to like slingshot himself there. There's like no other way that he did it. That's <laughs> not five minutes, six seconds. It's not four minutes, 52 seconds. Stan definitely wasn't worried about timeline. Much later in this issue, Mysterio reveals that he's been planning for years his revenge on Spider Man. <laughs> unless Peter Parker flunked several years of high school, that can't be true. <laughs> um,. Yeah, so we got some pretty classic Spidey checking out some thugs up to no good. Um, the next page, he he makes quick work of them, springing down and knocking them out. I mean, I, I love these old Spidey yeah, fight scenes. Yeah. Uh, with fight sequences, uh, we talked a tiny bit about this last issue, this idea that I think because Ditko wasn't working off of a script, he could kind of just do what he wanted. It probably freed him up to make these fight scenes. were probably easier on him because of that. Um, how... Like when you have to draw fight sequences or action sequences, how much more work is that? Or is that the fun of drawing comics? Um, it's just different, a different kind of work. It's, it's, um, you get to think about, uh, choreography more and Mm -hmm. design, uh, and less about just straight up storytelling. Um, but like, there's like subtle things you want to think about with that, like, uh, like composition stuff that like helps to lead the eye through from, you know, across the panel or across the page. Yeah. Um, but typically, I, I find them to be a lot more fun. It's kind of like an opportunity to let loose. Um, yeah. I love the acrobatics here, like that panel one on that page where he's like swinging down and <clears throat> holding the webs yeah. uh, tense and then using that to then like kick off and, and knock out the two robbers. Yeah. That's a, like, so a big good. Spider-Man drawing. Also, yeah. I just 
caught that that actually drawing is reused on an issue of X-Men. Oh, weird. Uh, it's like the first time Spider-Man runs into the X-Men. And I oh, think wow. it's, yeah, it's like one to one. Yeah. It's like a Jack Kirby cover. I just looked it up. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, that's, it's an awesome pose. So that makes sense. But I'd always really liked that cover. So that just stuck out to me that, that they reused it, I guess. I guess they probably did that a lot back then. Just like splice stuff on. Well, they were just, uh, the, I think the timeline was so compressed and they had so few artists working that if they could like be like, you know, this cover was great. Maybe I'll just use that again here. <laughs> like yeah. I can see where the temptation to be pretty high. It looks like it might've been like re-inked or something by, by, uh, someone who is whoever is inking the Kirby issue. So yeah. Wow. Look at that. I just Googled it myself. That is the same. Wow. Good eye. I would never. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thank you. Jordan, you've shamed us. Your geek knowledge has put us to shame. Uh, I mean, I think sometimes also like in these old stories, I don't think they, he did this too much to Kirby and Ditko, but he would ask people to go and like redraw a panel or a cover or a face uh, because he didn't think it was done well. Uh, and I don't know how often that happened, but I wonder if this was just something where like an original cover he didn't like. And he said, use Ditko Spider-Man. That must've been it. Mm -hmm. They probably didn't like Jack's, uh, version, which is, yeah, it's funny. They go back and forth because then the cover to Amazing Fantasy is, I think a Jack Kirby drawing, right? And it's Steve Ditko. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, in general, I like this panel four. I really like Spidey punching out two guys at once. He's punching one guy forward and one guy backward behind him. Yeah, that's great. Uh, also, Ditko, Ditko thugs always have suits and hats, so there's always uh, plenty of flowing fabric and things being knocked about to indicate he action. Takes two guys out in every panel. There's never a panel where he's wasting time with just one thug. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I love they don't land one punch on him. Like kind of deciding how he's going to be taking these guys out. Um, it seems like he's having a ton of fun just like figuring out the posing. Yeah, placement. That's like yeah. That's one of the things I love about. I guess just this era of comics, but like specifically Ditko here is like, there's a real economy in the drawing and like, he's not going to draw more than he needs to in any way. All right. Like the backgrounds are pretty empty and stuff. Yeah, It's like you, you get it in that one panel where he's, he's kind of descending down on them in that first panel. Like you, you have to see that he's, you know, we're looking down at this building. You, you have to get, there's a sidewalk there yeah. at the door. And then after that, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, drops out background here and there and panel four, there's no background at all. Right. Um, but it's like yeah. just the bare essential information you need. And like, you're not cheated on any of it. Mm-hmm. And Ditko also probably knows any blank space is going to be filled with a word balloon anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the coloring is not very sophisticated at the time. So it's just going to be blocked out. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're trying to, to draw for clarity. Um, see, this is the kind of info that I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, so, okay, he finishes that fight. Frederick Foswell, former bad guy, now turned good reporter. is Well, former good guy turned bad guy back to being a reporter. Uh, that's right. Former good guy reporter, then turned out to be running the mob, now back to being a journalist, right? That's right. His narration, right? That's like three panels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have to get all that out there. Um, but it ruins Peter's uh, plan because... He thinks, oh, Foswell will know that Peter Parker wasn't there, so Peter Parker can no longer sell these photos. And it's so weird. He's never worried about that at any other point, any other issue. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he just, he tells the villains a lot that he's taking pictures. <laughs> yeah. There's a number of times Spider-Man holds a camera. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. People should be able, they should see it in the newspaper and be like, uh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He, the vulture should be like, I flew at Spider-Man. He took that photo. <laughs> yeah. he, he had a t- camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Peter decides that uh, he doesn't have the photos, so he's going to stop by the Bugle to see his sometimes love interest, Betty Brandt, although I'm very confused as to the status of their relationship. But he stops by the Bugle, so we get some J. Jonah Jameson and some Betty Brandt uh, time here. I love this panel, uh, panel seven, this little flirtatious Betty Brandt angle. Oh, yeah. Uh, She's great. Yeah, I feel we often see Betty crying or uh, or uh, or turning away, upset that she's jealous of Liz Allen or something. I like being reminded that there's genuine infection between these two. Yeah, Ditko doesn't get a ton of time to do like actual human interaction because there's so much just like fighting and stuff. But he's good at it. Like this is this is cheery and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice attention to like costuming too. Like that. Yeah, everyone is like very distinct from one another. Yeah, they have their look. Yeah, and probably uh, also just very different colors. Jonah's white, uh, Peter's blue, mm-hmm. Betty's uh, purple. Betty is what? What is it? Purple. Yeah. 
And um, I'm like connected yeah. Spider Man, he's the same blue as Spider Man. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. You know, little visual connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but he his, his blue suit has gotten a little less dorky, rigid than it was in early issues. Like it's it's a that's little a more recent change. Stylish like Peter of is, a blue suit. Peter is starting to look cool, and that's new. Like yeah. up three issues ago, he was still an extremely buttoned up blue suit, super nerdy looking, but he's, he's looking more rugged these days. Yeah. I, I think in the last issue, doesn't he wear like a black dress button up shirt with like a white blazer or something? Yeah. Yeah. Last issue, he looked uh, really sexy. I would say <laughs> is what I would use to describe him. He had peak sexiness last issue for sure. Yeah. <laughs> is this okay to talk about? <laughs> it, it is definitely not okay to talk about. <laughs> Chip's other, Chip's other series, Sex uh, Criminals, has has transformed us into a way more sex positive, sex aware podcast. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, Chip Chip forced us to start talking about sex in this podcast, so it's, it's carrying over. <laughs> Chip was aggressive about it. He was aggressive. Um, yeah, he's like, I won't do it unless you guys continue to talk about sex. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we we have some nice Peter and Betty. We I don't know what their relationship is. Like, uh, you know, we've said it before, Stan. Stan is always very hammy and sort of over-explaining. He's particularly clumsy about like romantic things, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, the story is clear. It's cool to have a human element, but he doesn't know how people talk to each other. <laughs> so like when, <laughs> when Peter says, it sort of brought out the mother instinct in you, eh? This is actually like pretty sophisticated relationship stuff for Amazing Spider-Man of this era. But they, they're talking like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure what that insult is. Yeah, they just sound like 40-year-olds. Uh, and and have these guys even, like, kissed each other? Like, we don't know what their relationship is. Right. How old is Betty? Uh, she is about Peter's age, maybe a year older. She's probably like, uh, she yeah. dropped out of high school to become a secretary for the uh, publisher and editor of, an, of a leading newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wondered that, too. But I... Cause, it seems like she could be in her mid twenties, but then yeah, she dropped out of high school to get this job. So we think she's like 19 or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of the things when you guys talked about like modernizing some stuff that just you can't modernize is that Betty has to be significantly older than Peter to be in this position, mm-hmm. but it's sort of brushed away in an earlier. She's being like, oh, I dropped out of high school. That's why I'm here. It's like, how did you get this position? <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> But it was okay in the 60s, I guess, for a comic book. She's writing letters to Ned Leeds, this guy that we met in an earlier issue. That's making Peter jealous. Uh, but yeah, he's in all of Europe. We don't know where in Europe. He's not, he's not in a specific country, but he's uh, in, in Europe. The Daily Bugle has two reporters in New York City and one in Europe. That's their staff. Um, and we don't, I, you know, and he kind of, you know, when he turns into Spider-Man and he's swinging around, he's like, well, I, can't, I don't have a right to be mad at her. We're not engaged. I don't know what their relationship is. They're, they're seeing each other. They're just not exclusive. Well, you know, I know you're so uh, demanding of the girls you date that you won't let them talk to other men. <laughs> I say that I say that's fair. But Peter uh, uh, knows he's gone on a few dates with Betty, but they've never had the talk about being exclusive. He hasn't given her his varsity jacket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, look, no. later he's going to go study with Liz Allen and uh, yeah, he wrote true. If he's going to study with Liz Allen, she can write letters to Ned Leeds. And that's just that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, but I guess the point is here, we're, we have our, we have our usual Peter Parker neurosis anxiety, right? Like he's stressed about yeah. his relationship. Um, meanwhile, we see Foswell and JJJ, <laughs> um, talking about stuff, uh, you know, Foswell saying, oh yeah, I saw Spider-Man beating up these thugs. This is so, yeah, this is the fake news yeah. thing that Joe mentioned before. Like, I love J. Jonah Jameson's statement here. Maybe we could hoke it up a little. How about writing it as though Spider-Man is the villain? We can say he was brutal to those misguided crooks. Like he's so excited about this idea. <laughs> well, and then he, and then Jonas sends out his reporter, a new reporter based in New York that we don't really get a name for, to interview people, but only about why they hate Spider-Man. They can only be in the paper if they say they hate Spider-Man. That's also very Fox News, getting one side of the story. Yeah, I love that. Where he's like trying to convince them to say negative things. It's like, uh, yeah. uh, it's like, why do you hate Spider Man? And then this woman is like, I never said I do hate Spider Man. Right. And he says, Look, do you want to have your name in the picture or not? Yeah. Uh, and she says, Well, give me a minute. I'll think of some reason. <laughs> it's yeah. There's no subtlety in these stories. The news is corrupt. <laughs> they, they lay it right out for you. Uh, Then we have this fun talking heads panel of a bunch of New Yorkers with the quotes that the reporter has dragged out of them to 
to criticize Spider-Man. Kind of a nice little monstrous rogues gallery of uh, uh, everyday faces. I, but I actually do really like it. They're sort of distinctive and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that guy with the uh, little bowler hat in the first panel. He's like all red. Yeah. Yeah, in the foreground. Yeah. Yeah, in the foreground. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a little like, I feel like that's how Steve Ditko draws Stan Lee at the time. Yes. Yeah, I wonder if that's a real guy. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that's on purpose. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but, then, uh, but then someone comes to uh, Spider-Man's defense and it's Flash Thompson, president of the Forest Hills Spider-Man fan club. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Flash, who hates Peter, who hates how much Peter likes books, who hates that uh, <laughs> Peter gets attention from his girlfriend, is the biggest Spider-Man fan on the planet and is getting involved. He's a hero. He's right. (laughs) (laughs) He's right. He's the only one who's right. He'll defend Spider-Man when nobody else does. And he gets right in this reporter's face and he's physically threatening him. Uh, Although when I was a kid and I read these, I loved it. I I would be like, yes, Flash, go. (laughs) Yeah. Use your bullying powers for good. Yeah. But as he's doing that, his girlfriend, Liz Allen, starts making time with Peter Parker. There's a lot of uh, romance subplot in this issue. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a supervillain at all. No. Usually by this point, there's been like four fights. (laughs) What page are, yeah, we're like, uh, bottom of page six. Oh, see, yeah. Oh, I'm reading the wrong, I'm reading like. We're looking at it on a computer, so I think that's why we have. On the wrong page number. Oh, yeah, I'm going on the, we go by the page numbers and the little corner boxes that you can barely read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Page six. Um, This is the page that the first panel has a reporter interviewing the bystanders. And then down here at the bottom row is Liz Allen trying to make time with Peter Parker. I like her. I like her blouse. It's like this very Steve Ditko-y, like just a bunch of circles and stuff. I love seeing him design fashion because it's always crazy. And it's just a lot of lines. Like a Doctor Strange. Yeah, very Doctor Strange. Yeah. It is deliberate though. Like he, 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 he's specific. Like he makes choices. He gives, he makes people unique. Sometimes it's this kind of strange, who knows where he got the idea. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Everyone has their own fashion. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has a different outfit. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Um, I, I said this to Chip, it's the most boring observation anybody will ever make about Steve Ditko, but I always bring it up. One of my favorite illustrators is Jaime Hernandez from uh, Love and Rockets. Mm -hmm. And I read an interview where he was like, oh yeah, Ditko's clothes always have like distinctive folds. And if you, uh, if we go to the next page, like J. Jonah Jameson in the middle of the page, he's got his white shirt on at the Daily Bugle. And there's just like tons of creases in this shirt. (laughs) It's a huge shirt. (laughs) It's a, it's a huge billowing shirt. And then like even the row above it, Peter Parker's suit with his hands in his pockets is all like very deliberately creased. And Jonah's wearing an ill fitting clothing. It's a, it's a early Trump satire. (laughs) Uh, It was ahead of his time there. I love it. (laughs) He likes his clothes to breathe. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> uh, I love Joe. Jonah's so funny in that panel too. Well, uh, just going uh, where he's just going, la, da, 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 da. He's just singing along. He's so happy about his uh, piece on Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. I jumped ahead in the story. So so what's happening if we, if we, if we turn the page? So Liz Allen has, has asked Peter to tutor her in science. That makes Flash mad. Uh, the... Bystanders on the street are reading the Daily Bugle story about how bad Spider-Man is and maybe they're buying it. And Jameson is now they realize everyone hates Spider-Man, not just Jonah. So they're being won over. Yeah. And Jonah is singing about it up in his office. Yeah. (laughs) Tra-la-dee-da-da. And then enters our villain of the issue, uh, Dr. Ludwig Reinhardt. We don't know he's the villain yet, but this guy's going to end up being the villain. He's also from Europe. I wonder if that's related to Ned Leeds at all. Could be. (laughs) Just Europe, this is, Europe is just seen as a mysterious, exotic place where you can't trust. And um, so Dr. Reinhardt walks in, he is a psychoanalyst and he is drawn in the most central casting, <laughs> stereotypical, I mean, he's got like a hearing aid with the this huge device in his pocket. He's got a cane, these little glasses. I mean, he, he just... He looks like a like a Batman villain's version of a therapist. It's like a very broad moment because yeah, Jameson is like singing, and then this like cartoon yeah therapist walks in. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> just and a lot like, going I'm on. I'm so happy. I'll talk to anyone. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, Jonah's having a good day. He's, he's in a good mood. This guy comes in uh, ready to convince Jonah that Spider Man's crazy, and he's got the perfect audience for it because Jonah loves it. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's got a meeting with the publisher of the biggest newspaper in New York. And the thing is, I can give you proof that Spider-Man is having a nervous breakdown. And uh, JJJ wants to hear about it. 
Yeah. And he's going to go get proof and meet with Jonah later. He didn't bring it with him. Uh, <laughs> so he just came in to, to say, hey, let's talk later. Yeah, he's just coming in to say, let's meet later tonight or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we just see the next day, Peter's reading the newspaper and reads about how he might be having a nervous breakdown. And Peter buys it. Immediately. <laughs> he's like, probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, he should know. I mean, he should have a better idea than Jonah and a doctor he's never met. But Peter goes, oh, maybe I am having a nervous breakdown. Starts sweating. <laughs> Um, I might think that too. If the newspaper published a story that I was crazy, I might be like, well, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's right. in the news. Maybe I, I mean, I have been feeling anxious lately, Yeah, <laughs> but I guess that's very of the time, right? Like just like the whole idea of like psychoanalysis and like Freudian stuff mm. was sort of like, uh, kind of newly in the mainstream. And so maybe Stan is thinking like, oh yeah, this, this could scare somebody. Uh, it might be a little less crazy than we're thinking in, if when it came out in 1965. I mean, the part that's crazy is Peter buying into it so quickly. <laughs> I guess uh, it just shows how neurotic he really is. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. everyone in the book, though. Because <clears throat> like even earlier when they like people are reading the article about Spider-Man, they're like, well, I used to like him, but these people say they don't like <laughs> him, so maybe convinced. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody's opinion it can be changed in like one second. I feel like so now, now Pete, in real life, nobody's opinion ever changes, but in Marvel Comics, it's the easiest thing to do is to change someone's opinion. <laughs> We're all malleable. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy. Yeah, I was a Republican this morning, and I'm a Democrat now, and I hated Spider-Man an hour ago, and now I'm his biggest fan. <laughs> I was uh, taking Ambien, and then I... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... So Peter's freaking out. He He's worried that he might be crazy. He wants to go confront the psychiatrist and basically talk him out of the idea that he's going crazy. I think find out whether or not it's true or not, really. Okay. Okay. So Peter is going to go over to the psychiatrist's office, but Flash Thompson is tailing Peter because Flash is mad at Peter because Liz Allen is paying attention to Peter. Yeah, he's worried that Peter's going to meet up with Liz. And so Peter's got to lose him. And he uses his spidey signal beam thing to distract Flash like a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah. He just stands there and stares just, at it. Yeah. <laughs> He'll show up sometime. Yeah. yeah. For panels, he stares at it basically until the until the webbing breaks and the, the light goes down. He's staring at it. <laughs> Jordan and Joe, do you read these issues and you're like, this was okay for a story? This got by? Uh, this was acceptable as a story beat that you'd shine a flashlight beam and it distracts Flash like he's an animal? I love it. Yeah, I love it too. I'm along for the ride. Like, it was a different time. You know, like the version of the train you know, coming at you at the movie theater. Yeah, and- yeah right, right, right. And you're... Um, Okay, so, but it works. Flash Thompson is distracted. Peter can change into Spider-Man and get away. And now we start to have these really creepy things start to happen to Spider-Man. And the and the very first one is the bottom of page, it's page nine in the comic. Um, and it's Spider-Man in his costume approaching the psychiatrist's office. And there's this weird cat in the foreground. It definitely stood out to me when I was reading this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, I missed that the first time, and that's that's cool to see looking through it again. Yeah, I missed the cat, too. I noticed the bat that shows up a little bit later, but I missed this cat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, now I'm seeing it. Yeah, it shows up Maybe. on, on uh, 10. I think it's because the background is often so sparse that when there is like this big detail in the foreground like that, it stands out to me a little bit. It's like, well, why is he bothering to draw this cat? Like, right. I think just all the text, sometimes I miss things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the so Spidey's approaching the psychiatrist's office, and all of a sudden he experiences a series of weird visions, and this is what was hinted at on the cover. Yeah, Doc Ock comes through a wall to attack him. Sandman comes out of the ground to attack him. They're all silent, but he buys into it anyway. And he's worried he might be crazy. Now he's having these sort of mirages which show up and then vanish, and it's scaring the crap out of Spider-Man. Some great Spidey poses here throughout, too. I love the yeah. reaction shot of him with the, the vulture. Yeah. I feel like a big Ditko thing is to show the bottom of his foot. That's like almost every oh, yeah, spider. Yeah. You got to get that bottom of the foot in there. And then it's like a real Ditko drawing. Now I'm noticing that <laughs> all over. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I wonder if that, if Ditko thinks, and he's probably right, it makes him look like extra sort of articulated or stretchy or something. Yeah, definitely. I think so. Right. Uh, he's always trying uh, to emphasize him as an acrobat. He's like 
twisting as extremely as possible mm-hmm. in every panel. It looks so cool. Uh, when you say the reaction shot of the vulture, do you mean the top of page 11, panel one? Oh, do you mean the... Oh, the, no, I meant uh, the middle panel one? four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, when they're when he's confronting the vulture he's swinging hologram. Sort of at the vulture. Yeah. yeah. Oof, it's a good one. I love that drawing. I mean, I love how Ditko draws uh, the vulture too, so I'm just excited to see him here. <laughs> yeah, it's another septuagenarian villain in a weird costume he looks great he looks so great uh yeah the vulture is fit the vulture is jacked uh, and ready to attack spider-man like jealous jealous to bh yeah (laughs) yeah i wish i I hope i look that good and have wings when i am whatever the vulture's age is Uh, but okay so spider-man's freaking out all these villains have sort of popped up attacked him and then vanished he doesn't know what's going on he he knows it can't be real but it feels so real to him uh and we get some kind of nice moody panels he he flees home he turns back into peter parker he's back in his house and we sort of have sort of like twilight zone hitchcocky sort of like freaking out drawings of peter yes i love those expressions the the blocked out red on uh, yeah this page 12 yeah yeah, yeah, that. yeah, that bottom, the bottom first panel, the third row, uh, it's just great. It's, it really feels like the old Amazing Fantasy Ditko muscles are being flexed. Mm-hmm. The alien, uh, you know, or whatever. Yeah, uh, I don't know if, if either of you uh, were Ren and Stimpy fans, but it reminds me of watching that as a kid. And there are moments where Ren was losing his mind. Yes, <laughs> and it just it, it scared me deeply. And it, kinda, <laughs> it harkens back to that for me. <laughs> Uh, I, just, I I love Ren and Stimpy, and you're right. It it does it is sort of like that intense freak out uh, drawings. I love it. I mean, that whole page is great. From Spider Man crumbling at the top to Peter freaking out at the bottom, it's all just really great stuff. Look at him running into his room at top speed. It looks so crazy. Yeah, I think that's him running out the door. Actually. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's using his. Sp- yeah, he's using his spider <laughs> speed. But look, he's bent totally over. I mean, this is like this is like busting out of the blocks for the Olympic sprints. <laughs> Looks great. Um, this next page, he's back in his Spidey costume, and he's going to confront the psychiatrist for real. And this is sort of a suspenseful um, buildup. Like Ditko yeah. kind of takes his time to bring Spidey very slowly into the psychiatrist's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great issue to have uh, artists on because it's so much visual stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I love I love how uh, Spidey looks in the fifth panel. Like, there's a lot of like he's very small in the in the whole scene, and like yeah, we can, we cut, we get closer and closer in. Yeah, like he gets more and more claustrophobic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Until we see something, and then you know we have to turn for the reveal. Yeah. Well, the top uh, yeah. the top of page fourteen when he enters the psychiatrist's office and everything is upside down. That's like a huge visual moment in this comic. So Ditko is building up to it on the page before. This is sort of like yeah. a you know a big set piece for the for the story and giving it a whole row is a huge amount of real estate for a ditko story yeah oh sure yeah it's a great reveal yeah so the office is upside down that completely terrifies our hero for a modern comic to do that it has to be like a fold out four page spread (laughs) (laughs) i also love that the word balloons are upside down yes like that's a great little interactive storytelling element i love it yeah Yeah, i love that when i read paper when i read digital it drives me crazy because when I turned my, <laughs> I had that last night. I was trying to read it on my phone. I had to read it sideways to actually like yeah. to kind of like lock the screen, flip it upside down. Yeah. <laughs> Not made for the uh, digital comicsology era. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're into the thick of it here. The psychiatrist, this uh, Van Reinhardt guy is here. Spidey is completely terrified. And the psychiatrist is taking this opportunity to try to get Spider-Man to trust him and give him all his secrets. Uh, but to do that, he's going to lead him through some more illusions. Yeah, we go through some pages. Spider-Man runs out uh, uh, to another room with like an upside that's also upside down. But then the therapist brings him back to the right side up rooms to show that like he could be sane, I guess. Yeah. Um, I like uh, I like whenever Ditko draws hands on faces. He's got a lot of like Spider-Man like grabbing his own face in anguish. And Ditko always has yeah. like hyper articulated fingers. And I always think that's really fun. I love Ditko yeah. hands. Ditko hands, Kirby dots. There's like, there's certain like tropes of sixties Marvel comics that you start to notice when you read a lot of them. And it's, it's, it's fun to sort of know about them. It's a bit of a stretch. uh, It's a bit of a stretch within like 10 minutes. Spider-Man is, is totally willing to, to trust this guy, but I guess you have to make things happen quick in these old stories. We're not going to have a multi-issue arc or anything. Yeah. Spider-Man's all but ready to like let this guy put him into a trance where he can unmask him and know everything about Spider-Man. 
So things are looking bad for our hero. But meanwhile, back at the Bugle, Frederick Foswell, very <laughs> recent head of the mafia in New York City and current journalist, is maybe the best reporter in the history of New York journalism because he's figured something out about Reinhardt and is telling Jameson. And Jameson's had some recent um, uh, bad turns in his news reporting. He's uh, reported Spider-Man a villain four or five times. It's never been true. That's always looked bad. Um, so he can't afford to have another article that he is uh, wrong about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why that worries yeah, him. It's happened so many times. He cares about ethics. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, Jonah's ethics are uh, uh, all over the place, <laughs> but right now he can't have a false report. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Jameson becomes in in future sort of Marvel mythology a much more competent and sort of respected journalist. You know, in Daredevil comics, he's like a very hard anti mob guy with integrity who will like run the hard story. Uh, and even in Spider Man comics, he becomes a lot more nuanced. But at this era, he is just a straight up manipulative bad guy, really. <laughs> yeah. I just noticed, does Flash Thompson have a dog? I don't know what that dog's all about. Um, I was wondering that too. He's not on his leash, or he has a leash, but Flash isn't holding it. But it's just one panel. That dog just just wandered by Flash Thompson, I think. (laughs) All right. Yeah, what's going on there? That's strange. Ditko just decided that for one panel, Flash has a dog? I don't know. Especially in an issue that's had stray cats and bats flying around. This dog feels like it should be more important than it is. Yeah, right. Um, but we're having yeah. so, uh, we're having like a conv- uh, our, our threads of our story are starting to come together. You know, Spider Man is in the psychiatrist's office having a complete breakdown. Jameson has now shown up with some secret that we don't know yet that Foswell has told him about the psychiatrist. Flash just happens to be walking by, sometimes with a dog, right here, <laughs> uh, right. and we're all sort of converging on the same place. People run into each other so much in these old Spider Man comics. Yeah, if you know somebody and you walk into Manhattan, you will run into them within five minutes in the world of Spider-Man. Yeah, right. As we all know, <laughs> Manhattan is five yeah, minutes. Manhattan's away. five minutes. Away from Queens, exactly. And there's like ten Manhattan. people in the in the island of Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. So Jonah's barging into the uh, uh, psychiatrist's uh, house, and Flash is chasing after him, yelling at him because he's mean to Spider-Man. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> That's me. I do like that Jameson told Flash to go play in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, just, I like that he keeps, yeah, he's like, that's all. Go, he's, he's, yeah, Flash keeps complaining and he's like, beat a kid, go write me a letter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tells him to go play in traffic. He keeps going and he's like, my heart bleeds for you, get lost. That's <laughs> yellow too. I like that his dialogue is yellow. <laughs> he like could not care less. Yeah. I mean, and actually, he just hates him. <laughs> is one of the most fun characters in any medium that I've ever seen. Like he's so insane. I love him. He's the best. And yeah. then none of it stops Flash from just following him and yelling at him. It's so crazy. This whole sequence. I love that Jameson's like, good. The door's unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> and Flash also. Like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm okay. not done yelling at you. Yeah. I'm not going to not go into this stranger's house just because. <laughs> I don't know whose it is or what's going on. That doesn't stop Flash Thompson, quarterback of Midtown High. Yeah, he's quarter. Right. He's, I find a dog. I have a dog. <laughs> Nothing rattles me. I- <laughs> um. So yeah, he's a, so they all burst in, and uh, Spidey's about to give up his identity to the uh, to the psychiatrist. But then weirdly, Jameson kind of saves the day, right? Yeah. Uh, Jonah bursts in talking about how the doctors are fraud just as Spider-Man's about to, uh, I guess, just let the doctor do whatever he wants. And once he does that, Spider-Man starts getting his confidence back. Yes. uh, With other people in the room, uh, Spidey starts to realize that something's afoot and that uh, that he's being tricked. And the therapist um, confirms this by immediately running away. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Flash trips over or Flash tackles Jonah and then notices all these weird lights going on. Flash is like, what's going on here? I mean, Flash just commits assault in the front of everybody. Like it's- Flash, I am worried for Flash. I think so. Spidey jumps over the melee to chase the therapist. The therapist goes running through his series of rooms. And now we see that every room has a right side up version and an upside down version. So now we're running along the ceilings of these upside down rooms, which looks super cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's great to see him chasing through all that. I do, I do. Yeah, it is funny to point out that he just bolts immediately. How much time did he invest in all these rooms? <laughs> just, just, just say, whoops, <laughs> like, just leave. Yeah, the amount- as soon as someone has the idea that he might not be legitimate. <laughs> is he rich? Is he- <laughs> I mean, he's got to be. He, the real estate alone of this... Uh, uh, I mean, Kevin and I have noticed right. that, like, the financial resources that Spider-Man villains have, they could easily make money just through legitimate means. <laughs> Way easier than the schemes they have against Spider-Man. Like, we have a... There was a, so much money. Yeah, they explain the mechanics of it in the next page. It's just, like, showing how the rooms work and rotate from uh, regular orientation. Oh, yeah, they rotate. Yeah, oh, the my rooms God. rotate. How expensive would that be to make? Yeah, so right. Spidey captures the therapist, takes off a mask, and realizes it's Mysterio, whose whole thing is like illusions and tricks and using movie special effects to commit crimes. Mysterio's yeah, and head then was, is also a completely different shape than the therapist's. <laughs> yeah, that mask totally changed the shape of his whole head. But yeah. He looks like, oh. He looked from the Stooges? Yeah, from the Stooges. Yeah, he looks like. He looks exactly like Oh, him. yeah, there's a Mo reference. That reminds me, there was a Mo reference earlier. Uh, I forget when it was. Oh, it was when Betty was holding Peter's uh, head down. Oh, yeah, he does. That's he's right. like, what am I, Mo from the yeah. Stooges? On stands mine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, God, what a funny thing for a teenager to say. Like, everybody talks like a Catskills comedian. Uh, okay, yeah, so when Mysterio immediately caught and he just gives up all the details of his plan and we're seeing, like, the schematics of this very complicated apartment he set up, you know, which gave us these great visuals and made the comic really fun, you're like, dude, build a theme park. Like, there's way better... You, yeah. Like, you, you made an animatronic cat that, like, yeah, functioned... Yes. A technical genius. Yeah. <laughs> Do anything else. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mechanical cat and bat technology alone feels life changing. Uh, but yeah. doesn't matter. He's going to jail now because he tried to give Spider-Man therapy. <laughs> uh, Jameson is humiliated. Jameson now has to realize that he backed a villain for maybe the fifth time in one year. <laughs> Great expressions. Uh <laughs> I love Flash, like laughing at at Jay. Panel Jonah. three, yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah, both of them. It's panel three. I love them. 19. Yeah, it, it is just I, delightful. They're so yeah. exaggerated. It's just so. I love it. I, I did go. Uh, I don't really have the vocabulary to say it exactly right, but there's something both grotesque and sort of beautiful about Ditko drawings. They're just so personal and stylized, and you know, it's just it's the opposite of being done by a factory. It's like there's there's a there's a real artist at work, I guess, driving the style. And I love it. Mm -hmm. This is the happiest I've seen Flash Thompson look maybe in this entire run so far. Things have worked out for Spider-Man. And then we we cut back to some time later and and Peter Parker is walking around some nondescript location in New York City and runs into Liz and her gal pal. And uh, Peter's become extremely popular. Like Liz Allen is throwing herself at him every time she sees him. Uh, He's looking pretty hunky. Uh, What's happened to that to that uh, alienated nerd of Amazing Fantasy 15. He's growing up. Yeah, he's already, you know, people say that like Ramit is the one who changed him, but he's already headed yeah. that way, definitely. The threads are here for sure. Yeah. 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 His hair's a little more mussed up and he's just, uh, which I think helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, yeah, he's a good looking guy and and Liz noticed. Good for her. Yeah. Um, this is this last page, this sort of epilogue. I kind of think it's sweet. We we see that Aunt May is fretting about Peter and like I mean, he ran wondering full why speed out of the house her. a moment ago. Yeah, um, I, I kind of like when they nuance Aunt May a little bit, though. Just seeing that she's worried about him, and uh, I mean, I know that she's like insanely old. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for for someone who's just his aunt, but I, I buy into it. Like this, the her her mothering. Uh, it it it's sweet. I think, and I do think it gives the comic some depth. Even uh, I can still see it even all these years. Hence I mean, she whatever. says, uh, "You're all I have left in the world." I mean, whew. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sometimes you have to think back on the broad strokes of this guy's life of the last year, and it's like, oh yeah, you've been traumatized in an incredibly major way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, it is in her and Peter's writing where he's he's constantly worried about how she's reacting to him and and trying to keep her happy. Yeah, you know, blissfully ignorant. And also, just um, from one of your guys' earlier shows, I think didn't Aunt May just get very ill recently? She's, uh, twice had some uh, uh, heart problems, right? Or is it just once? Was it just during the uh, Cowardly Spider Man? No, I think it was twice. 
She's had two sort of... It's been uh, twice that she's been on Death's Door. Because one was pretty recent. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like... Yes, one was very recent. That during the Parkers Aren't Quitters, when yeah. when he most recently quits being right. Spider-Man. And that's the big one. And he was for like uh, two and a half issues. She's like on, you know, possibly going to die if, uh, and he quits being Spider-Man to take care of her for a while. Yeah, it's like issue 18 or something. There's there's no action in the whole comic because he just refuses to do anything. So yeah, that's pretty recent. Yeah. Um, and a great, and, a great and so we end as always... Oh yeah, it's it's like one of our this podcast's favorites, I would say, yeah. and probably everybody's favorites. Um, so yeah, so we end with um, as always a little bit of a melancholy ending, like sort of an anxious, sort of um, complicated, yeah, uh, goings on for Peter. Stanley writes a caption box to try to sum it up, and I think realizes that there's nothing to sum up. <laughs> <laughs> he writes nothing conclusive has been settled between Peter and Betty or between our hero and Flash or between anyone <laughs> oh that, that is so funny I mean who would who would write that today in a caption well it looks like nothing has been settled <laughs> just don't mention it look any of us and we're putting out a lot of books and, uh, <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta go do the Hulk and Thor before dinner <laughs> But like, really, like, isn't it? A, I mean, you know, Marvel comics of the 60s are some of my most favorite things ever. But it also is a weird miracle that it worked, like just the time constraints and just like, you know, this what was a very small comics company, um, uh, all you know, catapulting to this huge status um, because things I don't know, like it, it's I, I wish I could articulate it. It, it, it. I think if it went five percent in another direction, it none of it would have worked. But like. There was enough right with the fundamentals of the story and the art. I, I don't know. It's. It, I think it's a really impressive example of success. I guess. Like I. I, I think you would be. It, it probably surprised everybody how big these comics were. Definitely, like especially compared to DC, um, Spider Man, and so many other characters. The Hulk are so uh, odd, you know, compared to that. Yeah. It it, it kind of makes sense that like if I were a kid and I were looking at. Uh, comics on the rack. I love Batman and those guys, but like seeing these guys are so weird, you know? Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say, and I'm, I'm saying it badly is like the same thing that exposes the rough edges of this comic, you know, no backgrounds here, <laughs> this caption, just right. admitting that stuff didn't get tied up. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of personality. It, yeah. It also is, it also is distinct. It also is when you're a kid, you can pick up on authenticity and it's like, no, there's something real going on here. Definitely. Yeah. These feel like tangible people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It made it, uh, not at all realistic situations feel realistic. There's something like emotionally true. And also there's, uh, there's somebody has, is deliberately telling me a story. Like, um, I don't know. There, there's like real voices behind the scenes here, I guess. I don't know. I, I It's beyond my emotional capability to express, but there is something distinctly very cool about these old issues despite of and because of their warts, I think. Definitely. Yeah, like, um, I feel like sometimes I've seen them recolored or something, but there's just something about exactly the way they originally looked that's perfect yeah. to me. You know, a little faded. Yeah, yeah. when they recolor but, old comics, um, they look terrible. <laughs> yes. It's just like when they add light shading and stuff that can work in modern comics, um, but it's just like, it wasn't how these were drawn. They just, they weren't designed. Yeah, no. they weren't built to be colored that way. Um, I think DC... Going off of that, DC uh, have spit out some Jack Kirby comics, and I feel like they figured it out where they put it on like a newsprint type paper. Oh, really? And they're still flat colors, and it makes a big difference. They they feel really nice. Uh, I, I'm going to bring up this Wednesday comics thing again, Joe. When that was done, that was on news. Was that printed on newsprint? It was. Yeah, I'm remembering yeah. that correctly. Yeah. So that must have been an interesting experiment too, just for coloring. Um, I mean, obviously, technology is way better now, but yeah, I mean, but you know, we knew that it was going to be going on a you know, quote unquote, crappy paper. So I would try to course correct that and have the colors be pretty saturated and punchy. Yeah. yeah. So knowing that it, they would desaturate a little bit on, on the news. Oh man, I, I, that was one of the, I, I kind of fell out of habit of going to the comic shop every Wednesday. And when that was coming out, like I was back in it for a little while because I had to get all those. Uh, yeah, I, just as a fan, I would love if they brought back uh, that series. It was, so I don't know how it sold. I assume mediocre, but uh, it was exactly what I wanted in comics. That and like the solo series DC did around the same time. Oh man, I so love great. all of those. Mm -hmm. uh, not Han Solo, Will. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ooh. <laughs> um, well, guys, we've reached the end of our issues. So uh, um, I, I guess I just want to thank you guys so much for being on our episode. Thank you. This was yeah. fun. 
Thanks. This it's hard. Like I'll forget that I'm on this and just want to listen to you guys talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm listening to a podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we 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 really love the stuff you guys are doing. Uh, that recent arc was a really terrific balance of a great new story with lots of fun references to the old times. Uh, I think that's really hard to pull off, and you guys did it great. You guys have anything uh, coming up that you I, want to uh, mention? Because we have uh, <clears throat> hundreds of listeners, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to go? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm doing. So I'm doing. Like I said before, I'm doing Power Rangers covers for Saban. I've also got um, or for Boom Comics, um, and I've got um, a mini coming up at some point where I'm going to draw some sequential pages for Power okay. Rangers Ooh. as well. Um, and then I'm working with Joe on uh, something else. But I'll let you say. Oh. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, yeah. so we're going to be doing, Jordan and I are going to be working on an issue of, uh, Exiles. Oh, great. Uh, huh. that Marvel's been putting out. Uh, so that'll be, uh, I'm not sure when the issue comes out, but we're, we'll be working on it this summer. That's titled getting uh, some great artists on it. Oh my God. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm wrapping up a little short story for, uh, a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers annual. Um, and I've got some covers coming out soon. I actually just had a Star Wars one come out, uh. Yesterday. Well, that is Ooh. Han Solo, just so you know. Okay, good, good. Yeah, he's talking about the Star Wars that I know of. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, that sounds cool. Uh, well, it's such a thrill. I mean, Kevin and I are lifelong fans of Spidey and Marvel Comics. It's a real thrill for us to talk to someone who's been able to make it. Uh, you know, we had Scott Ackerman on a couple episodes ago, and although, you know, he's primarily a comedian and actor, he also has written some comics, and it was fun to talk with him about that. So we really appreciate how much work and skill you put into it. Like, it, it shows, and uh, the stories are great. Cool, thanks. Yeah, uh, keep doing great stuff. Yes, <laughs> that's our advice to you. Yeah, if you were going to think about phoning it in and doing worse work, I say yeah. don't. I say don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. I'll keep it in mind. Yeah. Next time you guys do a great comic, I'm taking full credit now. <laughs> you should. Yeah, you deserve it, Kevin. Yeah. With I talked him into doing that. Yeah, with advice like that. Uh Thank you so much. <laughs> so, uh, all right, uh, everybody's listening. Thanks so much for tuning in, and please come back next episode when uh, Kevin, who's the villain next episode? I think it might be the Goblin. No, no, no it's Spider Slayer. Oh, yeah, yeah, an insane issue coming up, folks. Please come back yeah, next man. episode. And um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, and uh, oh, wait, wait, Will, sorry, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Don't forget to email us at screwitspidey. Oh yeah. At gmail.com. Yes. Uh, you can also go to our Instagram account where we'll show images from this issue, maybe a couple images from the work Joe and Jordan did on Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, and uh, also on Twitter, screw it Spidey. So there's right. three different ways to find us on the internet. Um, and thank you for listening, everybody. Yep. Bye. 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 Screw it. Screw it. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. Campfire.